This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. In the next few weeks, uh, the sermon, we're going to shift a little bit, and we're going to be talking about the last days leading up to Jesus' um, crucifixion and resurrection, so the Easter, Easter time. And so today, we're going to focus on the 40 days in the wilderness. And this is why many churches observe the 40 days before Easter, uh, and many uh, high churches call it Lent. It's a, a time of uh, fasting or sacrificing something. And it's the 40 days that Jesus was in the desert. And so in the following weeks, we'll talk about humbling our souls before the Father and the Sabbath unto the Lord, just leading us all up to Easter. In this, what I would call fasting season, I have a friend of mine, uh, Alicia Sholey. Uh, she wrote a book, I believe it's called 40 Days of Decrease. Let me suggest you get on Amazon and buy it. It's a phenomenal, fantastic book. But instead of like fasting, you know, sweets, uh, she will challenge us to fast uh, from holding on to bitterness. You know, we release bitterness or uh, we release unforgiveness. Uh, it's a challenging book. I would suggest you gather. But during this time, many people do fast. But it is my prayer that as we read the story of Jesus in the book of Mark and Matthew, that we would learn to hear the Heavenly Father speaking to you directly. And he wants to speak to you and me directly this morning. And that we would capture a heavenly vision. I'm praying that the heavenly, our Heavenly Father would begin to mold us and change us. That when we walk out these doors, we're not the same way we walked in. But that he would change us. That he would mold us into the person he wants us to be. Now, I'll say this, uh, I'll say it every week. Um, the Lord is, I'm not, he's not finished with me. Um, he's got quite a bit to go, but I'm praying that the Lord will help me and mold me, uh, make me pliable so that he can mold me in his image. And that's my prayer for myself and for you. And we're going to discover in Mark's story and Matthew's story that there's something I would, I don't say hidden, but sometimes we don't see it right in front of us. Uh, the, the hidden truth and God's purpose for our lives. So we're going to find ourselves in Jesus in the wilderness. Now, but before we got that, I believe my friend Scott last week talked about baptism. And there was a, um, I, haven't, I didn't hear the whole message, but I'm just telling you that Jesus set the perfect example and was baptized. And we see that in Mark chapter 1. Let's go to Mark chapter 1. On the day, let me just go there myself. If you have your Bibles, Mark chapter 1. Do any of you still carry real Bibles? Show me your real Bibles if you got one. Yeah. Wow, we're it's turning to a digital age. So Mark chapter, let me get to the right spot. 1 verse 9, and it says this. I have brand new glasses, and I'm, I'm struggling this morning. But thank you for noticing, Dave, my new glasses. At the time Jesus came 
from Nazareth in Galilee was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And I'd like for us to focus on that. In the uh, <clears throat> different version, spirit immediately says, on the day Jesus came from Nazareth, Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. Isn't that awesome to hear? You are my beloved child and you bring me great joy. Uh, yesterday I got to see my granddaughter via uh, Zoom or uh, WhatsApp video. I got to see her uh, do some gymnastics. And let me just tell you, as a grandparent, uh, you know, I'm thinking she's ready for the Olympics, you know. Uh, she brings me an incredible amount of joy. She's not, uh, she doesn't behave perfect in any way, you know, like any normal kid. She's a normal child. Sometimes she will bypass me just to say hello to Gigi. One time she was begging to get on camera. I was talking to my daughter, and she was like, I, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to Pop-Ups. I want to talk to Pop-Ups. So my daughter relents and says, okay. And she, goes, she gets on camera and says, please say hello to Gigi. And so, like, all right. <laughs> Thought she wanted to talk to me. But none of that bothers me. I love her so much, even though sometimes she doesn't pay me any attention. And it gives me a glimpse of how God loves us. I don't know, being a grandfather has really helped me. I know when you're parents, you think, like, oh, I understand God's perspective. Like, why, why won't the kids obey, you know? And then we ask, okay, that's what God's going through. But I'm thinking, as a grandfather, I'm realizing there's just such joy in watching these kids grow up. I was telling Kim, I saw Gideon through my office window. I saw him walking up, and immediately I just filled with joy. I, I, I see him, I see him walking up the steps. And this is that kind of joy that the Lord, when, when Jesus comes out of the water, he says, you are my dearly beloved son, and you bring me great joy. And through Jesus, the Lord says the same thing to you and to me. He feels the same way. Can you imagine? We bring him great joy. Sometimes it's hard for me to imagine because maybe I, I wasn't as uh, obedient child as I, I should be. But I'm just telling you, being a grandfather has helped me. And you know what I think? Um, the, the twins, especially, they, they don't even know I exist. They just know Gigi exists. And um, I, I don't get my feelings hurt. I don't get mad. I, you know what I think? What can I do? What can I do to get their attention to know that I love them? So it's not out of anger. It's not out of frustration. It's not out of insecurity. Like, I can't believe my grandkids don't like me. It's, it's none of that. It's like, all right, here's a challenge. I want to show my grandkids that Pop-Pop loves them, that I exist somehow. And sometimes I wonder if that's not how God works, especially those who are far from God. And, you know, you, you, sometimes we have this mindset that he's, you know, he's, he's angry at us, but he's, he's trying to figure out how he can get their attention so that they could have a relationship. It is, it is 
love that is driving God to have a relationship. And I'm an earthly grandfather, and you guys are earthly people, and we love people, and they bring us great joy. But I'm just telling you, God feels that same thing. Right here it says, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. So I'm praying, if anything, that before you leave this morning, that you would sense that you would actually hear that in your heart, that God loves you, and not only does he love you, you bring him great joy. My, and I don't know why I'm going on this granddaughter thing, but my granddaughter is in dance class, my uh, Ellie, and I watched a video, and hopefully she'll never see it. I mean, it's not perfect, but it is beautiful at the same time, right? It is beautiful. Just like those drawings that your kids bring to you, and you plaster it on the refrigerator or someone that you know, and you, it, it's, it, they colored outside the lines, and it doesn't matter because you know them. And you love them. And that's what God is trying to maybe just uh, drill down in our hearts, in our spirit, that he loves us and that we bring him great joy. Now, if we read on, the spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals and the angels were ministering to him. So I have a question for you. Why was it necessary for the Holy Spirit to drive Jesus out into the wilderness to be tempted? Just think in your head why Jesus had to go. Why did God, the Holy Spirit, drive Jesus into the wilderness? I would say, and this is maybe not your answer, and I think we'll answer it as we continue on in our sermon series. But part of the ministry of Jesus, I believe, was to identify with the story of the nation of Israel. Now follow along. In a way, Jesus' life is acting out, it's almost like a drama of Israel's exodus from Egypt, then the journey through the desert, and then into the promised land. That's Jesus' life. Jesus is living out this drama, an exodus from Egypt, journey through the wilderness, and then entering the promised land. And Jesus' road is a, a, a road that is dusty and dry, and it includes temptation, suffering, and some people thought it led to failure, because they just remember what happened at the crucifixion. But we know the rest of the story. And I know this is going to go against your Western American ears. It's going to feel a little weird, what I'm about to say next because we normally don't hear this kind of stuff. But I want to tell you the truth, the whole gospel truth. Jesus' road was dusty and dry. It included temptation, suffering, and from certain perspectives, failure. And I'm here to tell you, and I know this is going to hurt, that our road is not that different. I'm sorry if somebody promised you that if you raise your hand and say, mm-hmm, uh-huh, and then somehow your life is going to just be a bed of roses, and I'm sorry, but that's not the case. And so Jesus is living out this, uh, this, this life to connect with the, the people of Israel, to identify them with them. So our road will not be that different. Our road will be difficult. 
And it's at those times of difficulty, and many of you have been there, that you're going to hold on to that, that voice that says, you are my beloved son, my dearly beloved son, and you bring me great joy. Remember that, because you're going to need to. There are times where you're going to just say, God, why, why is this going on? What's going on? And you're going to want to hear that voice that will, will drown out all the other voices. You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. It's a comforting voice. Remember back, we talked about the, the churches in Asia Minor. Those who have ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to his church. And I pray that we get to hear this morning. I want to talk to you about the, the, the temptations that Jesus encountered. And I want to remind you that, that uh, the Holy Spirit driving Jesus into the desert is not punishment. Sometimes God has called us to live in the desert. Maybe we feel it dry and dusty and we get, there's temptation. It's not out of punishment, but out of preparation for the ministry that God has, has for your life. So we don't play that game either here at Mosaic Church. We, we, we renounce any mindset that if you're going through a rough time, that you may be financially hurting, physically sick, emotionally spent, depressed, we do not think, well, somehow God is, has left them and they're cursed. We don't play that game here at Mosaic Church. We don't do that. And be careful that we don't do that. You know, sometimes people are going through rough times, financial rough times, uh, emotional rough times. You know, sometimes we feel like, uh, I don't want to be near them. S something might be wrong. You know, my mom um, told me that she really struggled when I was born. Uh, immediately they told her that I had a, a deformed ear, and she wept like crazy. She was like super, super sad. Because in her... Latin culture, you know, her Catholic background and all this. And, of course, this is her experience. I'm not speaking for the whole Catholic church. That somehow she was cursed with a baby that was deformed. We don't play that game here at, at Mosaic Church. We don't believe that. We believe that sometimes things happen. We believe that sometimes life stinks. But we always know that God is good. Amen. Life stinks sometimes, but that's not meaning that you're cursed by God. It doesn't mean you're abandoned by God. All of us will go through a desert time of our lives, and we'll be, we'll be confronted with temptations. And I want to talk to you about these three temptations that Jesus went through that are, I believe are a distortion of God's power and authority over our lives and in the world. The first temptation the distortion of trust in God. This is a big one. Do you trust God? Do you trust his word? Jesus would have to have absolute trust in the one true God. Matthew records in chapter four, if you want to look there, when he's being tempted, the tempter says, if you are the son of God, 
Command these stones to become loaves of bread if you are the Son of God. You remember we just read that when he was baptized? This is my beloved Son. Period. Confirmed. Affirmed. Truth. And then now... The Holy Spirit sends him out into the wilderness, not because he's cursed. And then the first temptation is, do you trust God? If if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. If you are the Son of God, if you are the Son of God, then why do you need to rely on God? You yourself can turn these stones into bread. Don't bother God. Do it yourself. So the very first temptation is the distortion of trust in God. We all know the famous um, Nike commercial, uh, Just Do It. That's what the tempter was saying. Hey, if you are questioning whether it's true, the second thing is just do something. Just turn these stones into bread. Jesus needed to trust in the Father's voice, in the kingdom's plan, and trust that the Father will never forsake him. You know, one of the things I I love in the the crucifixion story is uh, before that Jesus says, not my will be done, but yours will be done. So during this season of Jesus going into the wilderness, the the 40 days of fasting, I want to challenge you and me. We all have our material needs met, especially here in the West, but are you going to put your trust in those things? Are you going to put trust in your own abilities? That's the challenge. Satan is going to challenge us. It's like, you don't really need God. You could do it yourself. You're really not a child of God. So on you go and be your own person. Be your own leader. We have to put our trust in God, not our material goods, not in our own ability. How deep is your trust in God? Do we trust God with our security? Do we trust God with our future? Do we trust God with our children and their future? And I'll be honest with you, sometimes, and I've shared this in the past, sometimes I get a little nervous about the future, especially, not so much my kids, but my grandkids. I remember feeling, I shared that story when my daughter was born. months, Months later, we were in the first Gulf War. And I'm like, what did I do? And, And sometimes I struggle with that. But I have to remind myself to hear the word of God, to trust in God, to trust in his ways. Trust that God truly is in control. Do we trust God will provide all our needs as we we seek to fulfill his plan here on earth? There's some people I know that they're, they're contemplating Like, you know, what step do I take? A step of faith. And I want to challenge you this morning. Trust in the Lord's voice. Trust in his word. There are times where we doubt God's faithfulness. 
And it's at that precise moment we need to stand firm on what God has called us and who he says we are. You are my wonderful son or daughter, and you make me very glad. Jesus responds by saying, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. In other words, bread's necessary. But trusting on God's word is essential. It's essential. It's why we were created. The word of God means the story of the kingdom of God that he fulfills through the nation of Israel, through Jesus Christ our Lord, and now through you and me. And that's where we put our trust in God, that he's fulfilling what he said he was going to do in your life and in my life. So don't fall for the temptation, as Jesus did not fall for the temptation of what? Distorting the trust in God. You can trust him. The second temptation, the distortion of Jesus' ability to do God's will. Look what it says. It says that the devil took him by the holy city, and uh, this is in Matthew, in Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scripture says in Psalms 91, he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And what is Jesus' response? Jesus' response is you must not test the Lord your God. You must not test the Lord your God. So the distortion that the temptation is to, is to uh, not do the Lord's will and don't trust that you can do the Lord's will. I, I can't do this. I remember, if you heard my testimony, you remember the few weeks, uh, a few months ago, I shared my testimony when I had a supernatural encounter. I was giving up. I heard the tempter say to me, you can't do this. You cannot Live out God's plan for your life. And it was true. I cannot. On my own. That's why we, we did uh, Galatians 5, living in the Spirit, a few weeks ago. Through the Holy Spirit, I can. Through the Holy Spirit's power, I can live out his plan for our lives. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And I want to encourage you during this 40 days of Fasting, and when you, you will face the tempter, that you will not test the Lord and trust in the Lord. He will, the tempter will try to distort your approval as a child, and he will try to distort your ability to worship and serve him only. He's going to tempt us. Recognize that. Recognize it. He's going to tempt you to give up. It's too much. He's abandoned you. Trust the Lord. He has given you the power. In Galatians 5, we talked about that just a couple of weeks ago. Holy Spirit power to live out his plan for your life. Don't fall prey. And Jesus didn't. The third thing, the temptation I call the distortion of power. And the final temptation in Matthew 4, he says, the tempter says basically, and this I will give you if you bow down and worship me. If you bow down and worship me, 
with the tempter saying, since I have wealth and power in my hands, worship me and I will be your God and I will give you whatever you want. Isn't that what the world's basically telling us? You know, in certain parts of the world they're using the stick to make the knees bow. Follow and do this and you'll get all these freedom. You'll get all these goods. Here it's the opposite. It's it's temptation through pleasure and comfort. And the tempter says, I have all the wealth and power in my hands. Worship me and I will, I will be your God and I will give you whatever you want. I will even give you all the kingdoms of the world. So what does the tempter really want? He doesn't want money. He doesn't want things, wealth. He wants to become the God of your life. And he wants you to worship him. And Jesus says in Matthew 4.10, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And so during this time of, uh, we recognize as the 40 days of fasting, recognize that we're probably going to be tempted and this is a big temptation, is that to, we bow our knee to something or someone else besides God. We, we bow to, to power, to money, and we're talking about God's at war in our, our Wednesday night small group. Uh, bowing our knee to sex, power, wealth, prestige, all those things are tempting And I pray that through the Holy Spirit, walking in the Spirit, we found in Galatians that it, we can say, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. We will not bow down to anyone or anything that is not Jesus, our Lord. I'm looking for a cross back here. So the question I ask you is this, as we try to wind down, where are you being tempted right now? Where are you being tempted? Where is the tempter coming? Where is he trying to find that little space to come and to tempt? Are, are you being tempted with trying to find success? rather than inner success? Are you trying to find pleasure? Or are you trying to find peace that only comes through, through God? What is the Father saying to you this morning? I'm here to tell you the Father knows where you are right now in your life. He knows your struggles. I had someone share with me that they were struggling. And as a pastor, I leapt for joy. Like, why would I leap for joy when someone shared with me that they were struggling? Because 99.9% .9 of the time, people don't ever tell you that they're struggling. That's the struggle. Not that you're struggling. When someone told me they were struggling, I'm like, yes. That's awesome. I really wanted to celebrate. 
And they told me the things that they were struggling with. I'm like, wow. That, that's the biggest hurdle of that journey of wholeness is the first one. So I celebrated with them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's, you beat that first hurdle of confessing. One of the roles of the Holy Spirit, things that he does, is not only does he uh, comfort, not only does he empower us, but he also convicts. It's like, hey, he touches those areas in our lives that we need to, that we've been falling prey to temptation. And God wants to let you know that he loves you, you are his, his child, and he is pleased, but he also has a plan and a purpose for us. He loves us so much, he doesn't want to keep us where we're at. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago, 10 years ago. So what's the Lord saying to you through his word this season? He knows your life. He knows your struggles. He knows your desires. He knows what you're longing for. So this morning, I want to encourage you. I'm going to ask um, Bryce could come up. Sorry, I should have told you before. To recognize this first thing is one is this, that God loves you. And he's here longing to speak to you. He's maybe kind of like, um, you have to see the scene. Uh, our kids, uh, our grandkids come through the garage and they have, I have a door that comes into my house. Many of you have been to my house. And I literally wait like this. I get as low as I can to try to grab, and they're running full speed. And um, what they normally do is they just literally just go right under my arms. And I just, you know, for a second I look back and, and Robin's all. <laughs> but that's what God's doing right now. He is here with his arms wide open to let you know that he loves you. What I'm asking you to do is don't do what the grandkids do to me. Don't just slide under away from him. Let him, let him embrace you with his truth. Let him, through the Holy Spirit, power, empower you to, to, to say no to the tempter. Will you open your heart to him? Will you allow his voice to hold you and mold you and transform you to the person he knows you can be? The Father says, you are my beloved child. With you, I am well pleased. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for loving us. Lord, we don't want to duck from you. We want to uh, run to you. We want to uh, accept your embrace or we don't want to reject you. Lord, we want to embrace you. So we say no to the tempter. We will not bow down to the tempter. We will not allow our trust to be distorted. 
we will not believe the lie that we cannot live out your will. And Lord, we will not fall prey to the distortion of power and where true power and wholeness comes from. So Lord, as we enter in this season, culminating at Easter, your resurrection, Lord, I pray, God, that we would focus on your goodness and your word and your voice. Let's go ahead and just bow our heads and close our eyes and say, Pastor Mario, by raising your hands, you say, Pastor Mario, can you just pray with me? I want to I wanna do those things. I want to embrace God's truth. I want to live in his victory. Just raise your hand. Yes. Amen. Hands all over the place. For your glory, Jesus, for your glory. Let's go ahead and stand. We're going to sing. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurch.com.